this is Dr. Jonathan Douglas, and you're listening to OnPsych, the podcast of the Ontario Psychological Association. I'm a former president of the Ontario Psychological Association, and joining me today is Dr. Julie Goldenson, who is the current president of OPA. And I'm so thrilled to have you here. I know you've been you know, trying desperately to avoid you know, being here for, for, for many, many months. And finally, you know, you were unable to escape the trap. And here you are and looking forward to it, I'm sure. Very much so. Um, I have, I've been bobbing and, and weaving and dodging and you have been charming and persistent. And I have finally had to acquiesce. So thank you so much for, for inviting me. And I, while I'm shy and I prefer to ask questions and answer them, I, I am looking forward to today. So thanks so much for inviting me on. It's so funny you should say that because I think charming and persistent is actually a, a good way of describing the the overall impression that clients get from me on my rate MDs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, by the way, my only skill set. So right. it's always an interesting Google review when your your psychologist is is described as charming and and persistent. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, Julie, tell me a, a little bit about your background and, and what brings you to this 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 vaulted position. Thank you. Sure. Um, what what can I share? I guess uh, an interesting piece of information. Speaking of bobbing and weaving, I was formerly a, a boxer, which is a surprise given my vocation. I don't know that it's prepared me necessarily for um, either this podcast or my my position as the, as the OPA president. Um, I guess more more related, I was uh, born in Toronto and I took a, a bit of a circuitous route uh, finding my way to psychology. So I started in journalism and I, I went to Carleton for that and um, realized quite quickly I didn't have much to write about at the age of 19 and probably had a bit, a bit too much fun at university. Um, but I did end up doing some studies there uh, related to legal studies and um, then eventually found my way back to psychology and have merged these two interests. And um, I practice, as you know, in, in both clinical and forensic psychology. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, I went to San Diego for, uh, for my PhD and I, I did a postdoc in Vancouver. So, so I've been around um, and uh, eventually found my way back to Toronto, which, uh, which is home and uh, where my small family is from. And um, yeah, I've worked in a variety of places and a variety of systems. So inpatient psychiatric hospitals and university counseling centers and the Toronto District School Board. Yeah, I'm currently in private practice and I'm a professor at OISE at the University of Toronto. So I've worked in a, a few systems and uh, of course I've recently been installed, which Sounds a bit like hanging up a piece of artwork, um, but recently installed as the OPA president last November. So you've been in the position now for what about four months, right? Mm-hmm. And you're planning to do like a, a, a one year term, or you got your eyes on the two? <laughs> I, I think at this point, um, it's a, it's a one year term. Um, that's my understanding. Things may have changed, but last I heard. Uh, it was sort of like an optional thing. You could do one year or two years, right? Yeah, we've talked about this. 
Um, and there's some advantages, certainly, for, for going for two years. I think that the first year, you sort of have your training wheels on. You're, you're learning to, to flex a lot of new muscles. None of us have an MBA or trained in organizational leadership, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how things evolve. I hear you because, honestly, I mean, that's, that was exactly my experience. I mean, you're just in there for that one year. You're just getting used to it. Yeah. When you're done. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's a strange experience that way. You know? Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. So how did you end up? I mean, I know, you know, I, the, the way I would describe it, right. You know, is, you know, they, they look for volunteers and then you're the last person to step backwards. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I respond to emails. No. Yes. Um, uh, you know, it's very interesting. I, I joined the OPA um, largely because it can be isolating in private practice. And I sort of wanted to transcend, you know, kind of the narrow scope of the work. I mean, it's meaningful to, to see people one on one, but uh, to maybe contribute more broadly. And also a big reason for joining was just to sort of have some collegiality. So I actually didn't see myself necessarily um you know, inheriting, um, inheriting this role. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a surprise to me, but, um, uh, as I said, it's, it's involving flexing some new muscles and it's a, it's a huge learning curve. I've described it as a growth grenade to some that like, yeah. <laughs> here it is. And, and you're, you're off to the races, but nothing I do here is, is done alone. Um, the board is wonderful. We've got a great exec. So, um, you know, I might be part of the face of some of the decisions for better or worse, but not, no decision is made independently, which is, which is good. Absolutely true. And, and I, I think so much depends on, you know, your, uh, your CEO and, and you've got yeah. uh, Richard Morrison, uh, who I knew during my uh, OPA presidency while he was with WSIB as yeah. a, a vice president of clinical care there, I think was his title. Yeah. And uh, I missed out on having him as my CEO. I, and, I know um, you did. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, you know, he's been just simply excellent in the role, though. And, you know, he's just such a, a pleasure to work with. And I'm yeah. sure you're experiencing the same thing. At yeah. least I hope you are. And this I is the am. time to crash him publicly if you aren't. You know? yeah, yes, exactly. That was the plan. <laughs> I'm actually, um, which is, I'm an introvert, which is part of the bobbing and weaving and, and not coming on the podcast. I never um, noticed. I never, yeah, never, never noticed. Um, but and I hate talking on the phone. Um, but I actually look, Richard and I um, meet every Thursday um, for, for just sort of a, you know, an opportunity to touch base. And he is, um, he's delightful. He's very strategic. And, um, you know, I said that I'm learning a lot. Uh, A lot of what I'm learning is sort of process relating related things about how he approaches um, process. So I I really appreciate how thoughtful he is and he's delightful to work with. So um, yeah, it's, it's going really well in that regard. So what are some of the, um, you know, uh, the issues that OPA is, is grappling with these days? What are you, what are you having to navigate? <laughs> we're, we're going to that, are we? Um, <laughs> uh, well, I can, you know, I can, I can speak for uh, some of the things that sort of come top of mind um, for me. Um, 
you know, I, I guess part of what we're all having to grapple with is that we're run on volunteers. And um, right now, uh, I think the term, you know, we're experiencing unprecedented times. It's said over and over. This term is losing its novelty. But, but you know, we seem to have some <laughs> unrelenting challenges, both locally and globally. Um, and so, you know, the challenge is, um, we, we want to tend to the internal workings of the association. And then there are innumerable advocacy issues, all of which, you know, merit a high degree of attention, whether, um, you know, we're dealing with sort of first responders um, or trying to create some meaningful allyship with Indigenous communities. So uh, a challenge is sort of feeling pulled in multiple directions and being run on volunteers who are also experiencing um, the same exhaust. I mean, mental health providers are experiencing the same exhaustion as, as the rest of the world. So being mindful and trying to tend to the well-being of the membership while also sort of tending to uh, some of the m- multiple issues that are going on you know, in with, with the public. So yeah, there's, I think we're all feeling a bit pulled um, by, by what's going on and, and personally affected. It's hard not to uh, onboard what we see in the news ourselves as, as human beings, because apparently psychologists are human beings too. Are we really? Apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. Do you find like, you know, I mean, so much of the uh, the work of OPA, um, you know, has had to shift to, you know, Zoom meetings and phone calls, right? And even our convention now yeah. has been an online convention for the past couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, which I think, you know, one of the great advantages i think of of opa is that opportunity to you know to make those personal connections and to you know develop those collegial relationships and that's been much tougher now hasn't it it's it ha- it's interesting um you know as with everything it's complex in some ways we're able to access people in other parts of the province um you know, I've developed a really lovely uh, connection with Dr. Sarah Sinclair, who's in Thunder Bay, and that can be done, you know, through sort of virtual platforms. And and so in some ways we can connect on a broader level. You know, we're not commuting. We have more time. Um, but yes, we, we, you know, you're missing that in-person element. Um, and ev- even for introverts who might have weathered some of the pandemic better than, than those strange extroverted people who want to talk and see each other all the time, they're missing uh, a certain je ne sais quoi. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? You certainly have an extroverted sort of persona. I am actually, on, 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 on the personality measures, uh, I am... Absolutely, I am fully and completely balanced. Ah. I am. I am neither, and I am you're, both. You are right? amber. Is it an ambivert? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Something like I that. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoy my own company, and I thoroughly yeah. enjoy you know being with others, and I thoroughly enjoy you know being the center of attention, and I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy being a wallflower. I'm just like I'm all of it. I'm all of it. You know, I just ah. or alternatively, one might say I don't enjoy any of it. But let's not, you know, amplify the positive, right? Yeah, I think I think that's a very good thing to do, especially when you're public facing. I think we'll we'll, we'll go with that. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, like, it's interesting that you mentioned that that background in journalism, um, which is was like you know something that was certainly attractive to me when I was uh, pondering my future career. Mm-hmm. And I started off actually in communication studies and English. Really? Before I settled in into uh, into psychology. And it, it, that's sort of that same kind of that balanced thing, right? You know, you're going to be, you know, writing your pieces on your own and researching and thinking deeply on your own, but you're also going to be out there reaching into the community and yeah. making connections and networking, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, even something like this, right? You know, yeah. this podcast is a, a great example of that, of it's a one-on-one conversation, introvert, going out to hundreds or thousands extrovert (laughs) it's the illusion of both you know i got i gotcha so you know as you one of the things too i think which is great about you know the the uh increasing digitization of opa we used to be so toronto centric Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like all the events had to happen in toronto because what I don't know, like 80% of the psychologists in Ontario are there, right? And so it didn't really make sense for us to ever do like a convention or, you know, have a a meeting or something in, say, Sudbury or Thunder Bay or anything like that. And now, of course, it's so much easier for us to be able to reach out, you know, to, to other psychologists. Do you find that we're getting more engagement from the more remote, uh, uh, psychologists, remote, by the definition that Toronto is, of course, the center of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can only I can only speak for um, some of the engagement that I've experienced, and and I I do think it it affords more opportunities for connection. Um, I mean, next year is our seventy fifth annual uh, conventions. Wow! I do hope that that will be in person, but I, I we, we are aiming, whether digital or not, to to make sure. I mean, Ontario is a vast, uh, huge place to make sure that there are uh, events and 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 things going on, uh, not not just in Toronto. So I hope that that will be a legacy, even if we do shift out of this. Uh, virtual world yeah and at some point obviously we have to right you know we can't keep doing this forever but it does seem like you know i think we've introduced changes that will be you know and you know some kind of a hybrid going forward i would imagine right yes yeah yeah that i i I imagine that will be the case we will we will see what unfolds yeah absolutely absolutely so when it comes to like you know the presidency what are you hoping personally to accomplish during during this year um that's a great question and something um that i've given a lot of thought to obviously we all have our own personal interests so as a forensic psychologist and someone who's very interested in trauma and trauma-informed forensic practice i have my own hobby horses and i've been working on those throughout the pandemic so i have a personal agenda but a lot of what i've been thinking about really is um how do my interests merge with the current landscape of what's going on um right now and um you know a lot of the things i'm interested in which are uh, including expanding forensic scope of practice and trauma-informed assessment are long-game initiatives. Some of them are uh, national initiatives. So I've reflected a lot on what I can offer, especially in a, in a one-year role. Um, and 
And, you know, what's come to the forefront personally and professionally is the toll the pandemic has taken on mental health. Um, and, you know, there's not only the pandemic, as I said before, there are a lot of other global things going on and we're all trying to sort of titrate the amount of news we're watching. Yeah. And I've been really impressed with um, OPA members' generosity with respect to disaster response initiatives. A lot of that was volunteer. Uh, but it's been it's been tough sledding for for all of us and for them too. So, um, with my personal interest in trauma and vicarious trauma and building resilience, uh, I think a doable and and probably a timely legacy, one that might not be as sexy as an outward facing advocacy initiative. Can I can I say sexy on here? You can absolutely. We're we're psychologists, Julie. Sex is what we talk about. Okay, fantastic. Hey on Psych listeners, Katie here from Jane. I wanted to take a few seconds to say you're doing incredible work. Whether you're a receptionist, office manager, practitioner, or all of the above, we see your commitment to your clients. Jane was built to help you transform that commitment into a thriving business, all while making your day-to-day easier. You can head to jane.app forward slash mental health to read more and see if we can be a good fit for your practice. And we're back after a a, a brief technical mess up there. We were getting some weird feedback uh, uh, on the microphones. And uh, darn it, we were just talking about, you know, the use of the word sexy on this podcast, which I strongly and fully endorse, as as I was pointing out. We are, after all, psychologists. So naturally, sex is what we're all about. So, yes, back to what we were talking about, you know, your your, uh, uh, legacy. Right. And, right. And- R- Richard is going to be so pleased. I promised I would be appropriate <laughs> and professional, not use any expletives. And, and here we are launching to sexy. Uh, Freud, Freud would Absolutely. be so pleased. Absolutely. Um, we have to embrace the foundations of our of our field. Right. <laughs> that is that is exactly what, what, what I was yeah. planning. Um, so I think. Just, just to sort of contextualize the use of the word, um, I think what I was saying, and sorry, sorry about uh, the feedback, is that um, my legacy uh, might not be as sexy as outward-facing advocacy. Certainly not as sexy as Sylvan Roy's. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm stop talking. Um, but um, there you go, Sylvan. Um, but what I was saying is that um, I'm recognizing that um, we are we are all very taxed, and this includes psychologists who are really aiming to support uh, the mental health of a number of other individuals. So um, my legacy really is to build strength from the from inside the association, so that we can feel supported when we're supporting others, um, as we're not impervious to burnout ourselves. And I'm really excited about some of the work we've been doing. Um, We have a membership engagement committee that's up and running and co-chaired by Dr. Laura Nichols and Dr. Mariana Weiner. And we're hoping to provide some opportunities for consultation across uh, sub-disciplines of psychology and well, as well as creating a particular um, peer support group that's going to sort of support psychologist wellness and I think this is a key, especially as we've been siloed, as we just talked about, and working sort of at home alone. And um, I think this is a way that we can build resilience and hopefully some meaningful connection 
And I think you recently had Dr. Kamkar on your podcast discussing some of these yes. very issues. Yes. Resilient. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's been, it's, uh, you know, we talked about how Zoom is hard, but I still think there's been some really meaningful engagement. We've also created a social justice committee uh, that's led by Dr. Dina Butu and has some great members on it. And um, this is to make sure we're reflecting on OPA's values and living up to these values. Um, and certainly commitments to equity and diversity doesn't happen overnight, but we're heading in some good directions there. Um, so yeah, again, my legacy this year might not have a, a massive wow factor, but I, I see myself working on internal structures and, and hopefully creating a positive and, and more collaborative organizational climate, uh, which I think is important in and of itself. But it will also, um, you know, create better cohesion and the capacity to, to be more productive. And we're in a field that espouses uh, the importance of human yes. connection in relation to our mental health. So. Um, I think this obviously needs to be a priority for our association yeah. as well. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's sort of where my um, heart and mind are at at, at this particular yeah, yeah, juncture. Yeah. How about, you know, much of that, of course, is about, you know, um, how we take care of ourselves as individuals and, and how we can, you know, as an organization, make sure that OPA is meeting the needs of, of the members. How about the advocacy uh, what what kind of things are going on in the world of advocacy, you know, for, for mental health services, for the people of Ontario and, and that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, this is a good question. It's also advocacy has been one of my, my biggest areas of learning um, and obviously involves flexing some new muscles. This is not necessarily how we're, how we're trained as psychologists. Um, but we've got some great things going on, and I'd love to take credit for them, but uh, there have been some things, in the, you know, in the works for, for quite some time. Um, and we're, we're off to the races with a few things. Um, so recently, as you're probably aware, um, we've received some public funding uh, to expand the COVID-19 psychological support program um, and to expand that to eligible workers in the healthcare sector across the entire province. Um, so we're hoping that this will, you know, uh, reach at least 100,000 people. And and the other piece that's really great about this um, is this new partnership, um, you know, with uh, the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Long-Term Care is, is a real first step in facilitating psychologists' integration into primary care registries and referral platforms. So this is actually quite huge and could have, uh, you know, a positive impact uh, you know, extending far beyond um, the, the Excellent. pandemic. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know like, um, you know, there's, you know, we've been talking about expansion of scope of practice for, for ages, um, you know, and, and mm -hmm. you know, we got a little bit of a, you know, uh, maybe a spark of interest when we had uh, uh, Minister Tobolo on the, uh, uh, on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Um, what's happening with, uh, with you know, the expansion? But basically, we're talking about prescription privileges for psychologists. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is sort of near and dear to me um, in terms of the forensic piece. But that's, as I said, maybe a long game initiative. And it's, it's you know, requiring some national effort um, because uh, part of that involves the criminal code of, of Canada. Um, but, um, yeah, in terms of prescription, should probably have uh, Dr. Diana Bellaconia on the I podcast. 
he's coming for you. Um, She's, um, she's a powerhouse and she has really been leading efforts um, in terms of expanding scope of practice with respect to uh, prescription. Um, But uh, yeah, with the uh, general election coming up in June, we shared a proposal uh, for prescribing rights with all political parties and we put together and shared uh, with the government a business case as to why it makes sense for them to include prescribing in our scope of practice. And there are really solid rationales that are both practical and financial. Um, as I said, Diana is probably best to speak to that. But, you know, in a nutshell, I think, you know, prescribing would allow for real improvements in terms of integrated care um, and could also allow for a better allocation of professional resources. Yeah. So that family doctors and, and nurse practitioners and other providers could focus on their specialties. Um, and as I'm sure you're aware, you know, this is this is not a novel idea. No, indeed not. And they've been doing it in, you know, many U.S. jurisdictions and parts of the U.K. and New Zealand and Australia. So uh, and they've been doing this successfully. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is, is an important and, and interesting initiative that you should talk to Diane about. And we will. <laughs> and I should point out, too, for anyone who's not familiar with this idea, what we're not talking about is with a stroke of the pen, psychologists in Ontario will be able to prescribe. Uh, you know, uh, that's definitely not it. What we're talking about is psychologists in Ontario essentially being able to go back to graduate school and, and you know, uh, get an additional uh, credential that would allow for uh, for prescription only if you've achieved that. And we're talking, you know, it's like basically like a master's degree in, in psychopharmacology. Yeah, I, I think that's very, I think that's a very important thing to point out that um, this does require some additional mm-hmm. training for for those folks who have the juice to to go <laughs> to go back for even more school. That that this isn't just about getting a you know prescription pad and, um, you know, being able to sort of uh, willy-nilly prescribe what we want, um, that there is a lot of training that goes into this um, and a lot yeah, of science. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, that's often what people imagine, right? You know, is that, you know, we're, we're going to start doing something that we're, we aren't um, able to do. And to which I would say you're yeah. 100% right. <laughs> you know, believe me, you do not want me at this point writing a prescription, right? That would be ridiculous, you know? Um, yes. But, you know, down the road, right? You know, if I were younger and smarter, <laughs> you know, as, as some of my colleagues are, right? You know, that would be something that they would be able to achieve. So so I, what I'm hearing is that you might not be uh, running back to school to do this. I definitely am not. <laughs> I tried, I tried to, um, to learn neurofeedback a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually just before I became OPA president. And I basically, I could keep up the training in that, or I could, you know, do the presidency. <laughs> I think, you know, the history shows the choice that was made. And, you know, but even then, I mean, it was, uh, you know, that was like 2015. And it was, it was a tough slog to try to integrate that level yeah. of learning with an active practice, right? You know, it's yes. a lot to learn. There are only so many things you That's can right. try to do at once and and do them yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah, we I think that goes into the whole self care bucket absolutely. of um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, having a balanced yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. 
dealing with politics, <laughs> dealing with politicians, right? That's a whole skill set in itself, not one that we typically are very good at, you know, in uh, uh, in psychology, I think. I think the, the history shows we've perhaps been fairly bad at it over the years. What... How are how are you finding that part of the role? Um, I feel I feel well supported. We have a GR firm, a government mm-hmm. relations firm, which is really helpful in making sense of the political yeah. landscape. Because you're absolutely right. Um, you know, this is a, a skill set that I am developing with consultation. Where you know, unless we're Sylvan, we're not necessarily born with. <laughs> That sort of strategic yeah. vision. So, um, as I said, I'm, I'm I'm learning a lot, and I appreciate that. I do enjoy learning. Maybe maybe not, uh, you know, maybe not neurofeedback or going back for for psychopharm. But this is a different form of learning, one that we we don't necessarily have as psychologists. So, um, we have the support of a GR firm, and um, yeah, I, I think a lot of what's happening right now is is not about so me pushing forward my own sort of narrow interests. It's really about grabbing yes. the baton um, and and trying to push forward things that make sense in the current political yeah. landscape. And as I said, I think um, you know the COVID support program is is absolutely huge. And we're just with the election coming. There's a time to sort of push, and there's a time to have new initiatives, and there's time to sort of bolster what we what we yeah. already have. So we've got a lot of things going, many of which I've inherited and can't take credit for right now. So um, long and the short, we're sort of pushing forward what we have. Um, so I'm not finding myself sort of in and too much of a political pressure cooker right now. I'm I'm learning, I'm watching, I'm absorbing, I'm supporting. Um, but I don't feel in the in the fray. Um yeah, absolutely. Moment. Absolutely. I, I you know I think that's you know the the funny thing about the role of president, right, is that you know we tend to be like a, a spokesperson. We tend to be like the person who's most visible, and we certainly you know we bring our our professional awareness and experience to that role. Mm-hmm. But you know the the job of of developing and you know nurturing those relationships is one that extends far beyond the single year of a president's tenure, and so that has to fall to the you know, the executive, right. And, you know, the CEO in particular, you know, this kind of a thing, it's, it's, it's a, it's a multi, you know, it's such a long process to build those relationships and open those doors. Right. Yeah. 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 Which, which really speaks to the one versus two year presidency as a president, you're, you're sort of the face of many things and, and you're trying, you know, and, and part, it's hard. I'm, I'm pretty type A. I think my husband would say I'm very <laughs> type A and, and, and conscientious and a doer. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really about sort of um, bringing some realism and there's a bit of triaging and supporting previous initiatives and planting seeds for the future. So it's about sort of fitting into the weave of mm-hmm. what is um, and trying to do as best you can in that time. And also being the face of things as well. Um, <laughs> and right now, the OPA, I think, is, is actually uh, doing, um, you know, good work. So it's a, it's a nice time. Um, you know, there's a, a feeling of, of renewal um, to, to, to be here because, 
Um, I think before, you know, organizations have times where they're surviving and triaging, and I think we're moving more into renewable. Oh, that's and wonderful to hear. So I feel that's like- wonderful to hear. Yeah. You know, yes. my presidency yeah. was absolutely, you know, the former, right? <laughs> it was absolutely, yeah. you know, yeah. one of surviving. And, you know, what I wanted my yes. legacy to be was that at the end of that year, we still had an OPA. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Well done, Julie. <laughs> That's great. What kind of changes do you see OPA going through? Um, I just, I, I see, um, first of all, I think Richard has been really instrumental. Yes. We we are, you know, we have a vision for the future. Richard loves PowerPoints. Yeah. Um, we have a strategic vision with pillars that have to do with how we communicate with our members, communicate yep. outwardly, um, you know, trying to make our services more accessible. So there's a vision Um you know, that was created with the board and the executive, which gives us a sense of direction. Um, so things feel uh, organized and we have sort of a vision to look to as we're sort of developing initiatives so that things feel more cohesive and and more on track. And we also have some new board members and some, some human capital because we need people to, to, to make things run. And I think things were pretty lean before and we had some great outward facing advocacy initiatives, but now we have people who actually want to be on committees. So I feel there's a sense of momentum and a shared sense of purpose and meaning and, and some, you know, friendships developing. Um, there's a feeling of, of kind of health yeah. despite, <laughs> despite what's going on outside. There's a, there's a feeling of, of some health and yeah. connection um, that's yeah, possible. exactly. Exactly. How is how is uh, you know the the relationships with other professions going? You know, do you do you find that can be challenging in any way? Um, I think that it's it's always uh, a balance, and I think it was really lovely that we had um, some nurse practitioners come to the conference this year, um, and it's a balance a balance between sort of I think you know. Um, pushing our profession forward and showcasing what we can do, but also creating some interdisciplinary collaboration. And I I think the hope, or at least my hope, is sometimes we can feel very protective over, you know, our domain because we sort of sit and we're positioned between, you know, psychiatry, psychotherapy, social work. And so sometimes there's this urge to be sort of protective about what we can offer and fears about, you know, how to perpetuate our own profession. But given the complexity of humans and we really need a circle of care. Absolutely. And the, and the reality is, I mean, this is a, a statistic I love to quote. I once, uh, you know, counted on the CPO uh, website, you know, I, I sort of screened by, um, you know, clinical psychologists, right? How many clinical psychologists are there in Ontario? And uh, I think there was about 3,000. And I looked at, you know, the statistics on how many, you know, Ontarians are suffering from a mental disorder. And dividing the two, it turned out that there was one psychologist per 900 Ontarians who need one, right? That's not one psychologist per 900 citizens, that's one psychologist, clinical psychologist per 900 Ontarians in need of mental health care. And, you know, that means that 
we have no choice. We are going to be collaborating, you know, with other mental health professionals. We we would never be able to meet all the need in this tiny profession that we have, right? And you know, that that process, you know, I think what bothers me, you know, most about our field, the way it's currently structured, is that you know, we, the focus tends to be not on what is the level of need, but rather on who is the third party payer, right? Who's, who's actually going to be able to afford these services, right? Right. You know, and, and that often drives, you know, uh, treatment decisions in a way which I think is unfortunate. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it speaks to, I, we need to graduate more psychologists. I do, I do think, Psychologists have um, something unique to offer, um, but we also need to figure out ways to sort of uh, collaborate, still showcasing. I mean, we do do things that are unique in terms of psych assessment, in terms of our level of education and training. So I think there are unique off. Do I sound defensive? I think there are unique offerings in the field, but I think there's also tons of room for collaboration, for supervision. Um, perhaps other disciplines. And I think, um, you know, that we, we really need to focus on um, client or, or patient care and what yes. the needs are both, uh, as you said, uh, there's so much pressing need for mental health that we can't, you know, independently offer. Um, but how can we be part of the solution? How can we work with other disciplines? And, and I think those are some questions instead of being siloed and so focused on what can we offer? What can we offer together and how do we fit in and, and um, what are our unique offerings that can be sort of, um, you know, merged between disciplines? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things, you know, um, that I saw, I'm, of course, I keep talking about myself as OPA president. I have to remember, like, you know, we're now talking years ago. <laughs> you know, still dining out on these stories, right? But but the um, you know, one of the things that we saw was a real change, uh, I think, in, in how we approach things is that we really learned that, you know, uh, we can't just advocate for psychology. We have to advocate for Ontarians. And we have to go to government, not with our handout saying, you know, what can you do for the profession government, but rather, what would you like our profession to do for you? What problems can we help the government solve? And I think it's a a much, much more effective way of of building those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that... You know, it's it's turning the word advocacy on its head because advocacy is like, what can we do right. for OPA? What can we do for psychology? And I think the recent approach that we've taken is more of a collaborative problem solving. Where is their need? How can we fit into this landscape? And I think with that kind of attitude, it actually created a bit of a shift and a bit of a pivot and, and really um, helped with this, um, you know, COVID psychological support program. Um, and, and that was sort of. A, a different yeah. approach. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great yeah, point. Yeah. So, as OPA president, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Well, everything keeps me up at night. Who sleeps <laughs> right now? Um, Ukraine keeps me up at night. Climate change, the pandemic, the, my cats sort of, you know, pattering across yep. my pillow. Um, but I, this isn't a therapy session. <laughs> oh, let's just pr- pretend. <laughs> right. Let's just let's just go there, shall we? Um, that's right. That's right. I think we were talking about Freud earlier. <laughs> right. Right. Excellent. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really doing everyone proud. Um, I actually, I do, I feel really good about where the OPA is heading. Um, that I suppose there are some things um, that do sort of uh, keep me up, along with the other slew of complaints I just launched. Um, as I said, that the the piece that's really hard is is about advocacy and the public need yeah. for mental health. And you named this, yeah. you know, the the stats of one to nine hundred is is not is yeah. not great. And um, so so yeah, there there is a real pull um, between populations in need, and um, yeah, and and we run on the efforts of volunteers um, who are also, as I said, impacted by. Uh, you know, having two years of pandemic. And um, so, so I do worry about that. And um, I worry about how we can, you know, encourage more members to volunteer when uh, people are appreciably feeling um, a bit, a bit spent um, in their own life. Um, occasionally the listserv keeps me up at night. Really? <laughs> I, I know I tried to offer you a job as, oh as a my, moderator. Yeah, you've been there, but, done that. <laughs> um, is that. Is that a pass? Um, you know, I think we're all feeling this, whether it's yeah. sort of university or the yeah, listserv, yeah. that um, there are so many really hot issues oh, right yes. now. And it's a fine balance between like encouraging discourse that we all grow from and, and creating mm-hmm. safety um, and following listserv guidelines. And well, listservs, you know, across different disciplines, I mean, they're, they're great. You get, you know, you can get referrals. Yeah, for yourself or others, um, and and share resources, and sometimes have some really back nice back channel mm-hmm. communications with people you wouldn't meet. Um, but they can also be a bit yeah. fraught. So so that sometimes keeps me up at night. Recently, it hasn't. So knock on wood or glass yeah, or whatever that yeah. is. It's always such a um, delicate dance. I should just explain, you know, for the listeners who may not be aware, when we talk about the listserv. It's a it's um. Well, probably 1990s technology, right? It's a you know an email bulletin board basically uh, for all, you know the psychologists yeah. who are members of OPA, and you know generally speaking, I think you know the public has a perception of psychologists as being very you know staid and well controlled, and frankly, we are right. You know, <laughs> usually the listserv goes beautifully well, and it's it's a wonderfully you know professional atmosphere, right? But psychologists are subject to the same you know, controversies, you know, as anywhere else online, number one. And number two, there's still that thing where a text-based communication uh, allows for a sense of, uh, I think, of of diminished um, uh, uh, responsibility for, you know, uh, the impact of your words. Uh, and and there's also the, the, alternatively, there's the tendency to read tone of voice into text where no tone of voice actually exists, right? And, you know, so yeah, sometimes that listserv, you know, really can become a headache for the <laughs> for OPA. You're trying to, you know, and of course, as soon as we try to like impose any sense of control, then there's the free speech, you know, thing. You know, how dare you silence us? You know, and oh my goodness, it's such a such a hard thing yeah. to deal with sometimes. <laughs> That that is that is my le- that moderating listserv is is my least yeah. preferred task. Um, but I think you you hit the nail on the head that it's it's hard to retone. Um, even though we share a discipline, there are individuals with differing opinions, and these opinions can be about topics that are are just 
you know, politically things are so yes. hot right now. So, um, so yes, that keeps me up at night. Um, but uh, as I said before, um, something that is positive is the collegiality um, with the board yes. and the executive. Um, I don't feel alone um, in this role. I, you know, it's not an authoritarian role where I'm calling the shots. It's, um, it's, it's a collaboration. And, um, you know, I've been able to build some connections with some like-minded people, including you. I called you before I took the reins saying, give me pointers. So um, in that way, yeah, it's, it's helped me sort of um, transcend and, and create some connections. And I'm seeing firsthand some of the benefits of that, even though we're not meeting in person. Um, you know, there's there's a really nice feeling of of collaboration and meaning and purpose. So I'm I'm grateful for that, despite the uh, few nights there have been where I'm thinking, wow, how do I weigh in yeah. on this issue? Generally, um, generally, I, I, I'm sleeping okay for the most part. Um, as, when it comes to OPA related yeah, yeah. things. It kind of reminds me of, you know, the you know Saturday Night Live has the five timers club, right? Every time someone has been on five times, they do this little ceremony of, you know, giving them a jacket. And I think that uh, being an OPA president is kind of like joining that, <laughs> that kind of a, you know, rare <laughs> club of, of people with, you know, similar horror stories and similar successes and similar, you know, enthusiasms for the profession, you know, and it's, anyway, it's been a great, great pleasure having you join us, Julie. I really appreciate you taking the time and taking the risk. Thank you. Um, I was nervously anticipating this, but uh, yes, consistent with your general charm and humor, this has been really <laughs> enjoyable. So I really I do thank you for having me on and um, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Well. Thanks again. Hey there, this is Katie from Jane. Thanks for letting our team be a part of your listening experience over these past few months. We're proud to be sponsors of the Ontario Psychological Association and the OnPsych podcast. If you're new to Jane, let me tell you a bit about us. Jane is complete practice management software that can help you navigate your day-to-day with ease and flexibility. This means simple scheduling, streamlined billing, intuitive charting, and so much more. We'd love to meet you and hear your story. Our team is only a phone call or email away, and you can find us over at jane.app forward slash mental health. We look forward to hearing from you. You have been listening to OnPsych, presented by the Ontario Psychological Association. Be sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. (music) 